And I'd like to invite you to bow your heads for an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for this beautiful day and the rich program we had this morning. And finally, we turn to your word and we want to understand a little more about the sanctuary service. This is a center topic, both in the Old and in the New Testament. And as we think about the, this ancient service that's been going on for hundreds and thousands of years, we want to be reminded of the service of Jesus up in heaven, in the heavenly sanctuary. So please help us and open your word as we read it. Open up our minds and hearts and please help us to really treasure this message. In the name of Jesus we ask. Amen. So we are coming back to a topic which we started studying about two months ago, if I'm correct. But since this renovation is going on, we had to cancel a few Sabbaths and we could not really proceed with this topic. But I personally believe that this is something which is very central to the Bible. And this is one of the main things in the New Testament. I'd like to start by reading a Bible verse from Exodus 25 and verse 8. This is Exodus and chapter 25 and verse 8. That's where God gave a command to Moses to build the sanctuary or the sacred place. Exodus 25 verse 8 says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. Or in the Hebrew Bible it would sound, You will make me a sanctuary. So I will appear among you. There was God's purpose to stay close to his people. But as we understand, if you uh, turn a few pages in Exodus, because there is a descri description how to make the temple and what kind of furniture it should have, and then we move to chapter 32. You turn a few pages and go to chapter 32. And there is something strange thing is happening to Israel. So God gave a command to Moses to build a secret place, a holy place, a sanctuary that he would dwell or appear among them. But while Moses was receiving instructions how to build this temple or tabernacle, it took quite a bit of time, about 40 days. He spent 40 days up on the top of the mountain, and all of a sudden, something strange happened among his people. Let's go to chapter 32, and in verse 1, it says, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed 
coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So chapter 32 gives us a very strange picture. And you need to turn a few more pages, chapters, up to Exodus 36, when we finally find a different picture when they collect precious stones, gold and silver to really build the temple. But the question is, what happened between chapters 32 and 36? There were four chapters, and something was developing between God and his people. Well, first of all, we need to understand something. These people were confused. If a community has no leader, then the community gets confused. That's exactly what happened to Israel. And I said, we don't know what happened to Moses. He is delayed. He's spending too much with God. We need to choose other gods. And if you read this verse, it is very strange. It says, make us, make us gods that shall go before us. Apostasy. The next few verses are giving a picture to us that would indicate that finally Aaron was willing to make or engrave, according to verse 4, and he fashioned with an engraving tool the gold that was collected and made a molded calf. And at the end of verse 4 it says, they, they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So what happened to Israel? Well, Ellen White is making a very interesting comment in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 343. 343. It says, By their apostasy, the Israelites forfeited the blessing of the divine presence. They lost something out of sight. They forfeited the blessing. They lost the blessing of the divine presence and for the time rendered impossible the erection of the sanctuary for God among them. But after they were again taken into favor with heaven, the great leader proceeded to execute the divine command. 
they forfeited the blessing of the divine presence. How did they gain favor again before God? Well, that's what you find in the next four chapters. And as I was reading these passages, I discovered that there were five steps. They had to make five steps in order to regain favor with God. And let's go uh, through those five steps very quickly. Number one has to do something with identity. Who do you think brought Israel out of Egypt? The people, according to chapter 32, verse 1, says, The man Moses who brought us up out of the land of Egypt was the true And later on in verse 4, as I read, This is your God, O Israel, there was the molded calf that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So who brought them out of Egypt? They were thinking of Moses. And since, <clears throat> since they took their eyes off God, they contributed everything to Moses. But since Moses was not there, their perspective lowered and they made a form of an animal and they were willing to say that this animal, this golden calf, who could not speak, or hear, or move, or do anything, they came to the conclusion that this animal, this golden calf, brought us out of the land of Egypt. And if you read on this story, it's interesting, verse 7, God is talking to Moses. Moses is still on the, on the top of the mountain, and God is talking to him in verse 7. And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. What is God saying to, to Moses? He's saying the same thing as the people were saying about Moses. He's saying that, Go down, your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Of course, the question is, who really was behind Exodus? Turn the page to verse, verse 9. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. And I will make you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? Whom? And he is saying the truth. 
He said, whom you have brought out of the land of of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the faith, face of the earth. So who brought these people out of the land of Egypt? Was it Moses? Was it the golden calf? Or Moses again? Or is it true what Moses was saying to the Lord that, and he was pleading with the Lord, Why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt? Identity. We should know whom we follow. We should know who the leader is. And we should never turn anywhere else to find other gods to worship. In order to find the way to forgiveness or to regain favor with God, as Ellen White puts it, first step is to see our true identity. If God is leading Israel out of the land of Egypt, then they belong to God. They, they don't simply belong to Moses. They don't belong to a golden calf, but they all belong to the God who was able to liberate them from slavery. Step number two, if you go to chapter 32 and read the very last part, verses 31 to 35, second point is, interceding. What does it mean, interceding? Moses had to learn something. Beginning with verse 31, it says, Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, All these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, But if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now, therefore, go lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, In the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. Judgment, but interceding. Moses had to learn, I believe, the greatest lesson of his life. And I I admire Moses. Because he was able to say that forgive them. But if not, don't judge them. 
but blot me out of your book. Interceding. If you want to receive forgiveness, you need to find your true identity. Second, we we need to learn. You all need to learn. I have to learn to intercede for one another. And then step number three, if you turn to page to uh, chapter 33, and beginning in verse 7, there was something very unexpected that happened to the tabernacle. The tabernacle was not really ready because they were unable to build it. But there was something temporary. And that was about the place of worship. This is step number three. Exodus 33, beginning in verse 7, 7 through 11. It says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it a tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. So what happened to Moses? What happened to his people? What happened to the tabernacle? There was no tabernacle yet. It only comes in chapter 36 when they collected some gold, silver, and precious stones. But this was something temporary, and it seems to me, based on my study Bible, that it was a tent, Moses' own tent, outside a camp, and it appears in the story prior to the completion of the tabernacle that indicates a temporary structure where Moses could consult the Lord until the other structure had been completed. What was this? Where is the tabernacle of meeting? There was a temporary place. But in order to really appreciate the presence of God, Moses had to teach his people to go 
outside to leave the camp and find a place where they could worship. So this was uh, step number three. And then something else happened. If you read verses 12, same chapter, Exodus 33, that was about the presence of God. As you remember, in the previous chapters, God promised uh, Moses that he would send his angel to go before him. But Moses wanted a little more. And that was very interesting, what he was asking for, beginning in verse 12. So this is Exodus 33 and verse 12. This is step number 4, is the presence of God. Beginning in verse 12, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Why did God instruct Moses to build a tabernacle? That his presence would go with them. But Moses wanted to have some kind of assurance even before all these things happened. And so he said, if I found grace in your sight, Show me now your way that I may know you. That I may find grace in your sight. Meaning grace and again grace. Verse 14, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for you have found grace. Please notice that how many times God is saying that grace and Moses is saying the same thing. If I found grace, if I found grace, or you give us grace. So from all the people who are upon the face of the earth, so the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Then he said, please show me your glory. 
Martha was saying this beautiful poem about the glory of God, that this is a special privilege when we see God and the glory of God. So Moses is asking one more thing. Not simply grace, but glory. Then he said, meaning God, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, so it shall be while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. What is this goodness and grace? Or grace and mercy? What is grace and what is mercy? I have a small coin in my hand which Martha and I received, I think it was about five or six years ago, when an old brother passed away, Rudy Token. If you remember him, Rudy Token. And one of his family members gave us one coin each, one for Martha, one for me. And there is an inscription on this coin which is very interesting. It says, grace is when God gives you what you do not deserve. On the other side, it says, mercy is when God spares you what you do deserve. It's beautiful. Grace is when God gives you what you do not deserve. That's grace. Mercy is when God spares you what you do deserve. So God is sharing with Moses that I'm gracious. I'm merciful, but you cannot see all my glory. You still need to grow. And then finally, step number five. Exodus 34 and verses 5 to 10. It says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, 
by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. Then he said, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. So if you look at these steps towards reconciliation or forgiveness, true identity, then intercession, then the place of worship, then the presence of God, and finally the name of God. What would his name include? Mercy, grace, long-suffering, goodness, truth, forgiveness, and finally judgment. Because he said that we know that this is a stiff-necked people, but pardon our iniquity, Moses is asking. Well, this was in the Old Testament, but what about the New Testament? We don't have this temple service anymore. We don't even have a temple. The Jews have no temple anymore. It has not been rebuilt in 2,000 years. But there is a solution which was in the mind of God. And I'd like to read and close with these two Bible verses. One is found in the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, chapter 8, and verse 14. Which was a promise given to a prophet, one of the greatest prophet, I, prophets, Isaiah. Isaiah 8 and verse 14. He will be a sanctuary. Meaning God will be a sanctuary. But a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. To both the houses of Israel as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So where is the sanctuary? God said, make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. But God was thinking of something better than this. Because through this prophet, he said that he, meaning God himself, will be as a sanctuary. But at the same time, a stone of stumbling and rock of offense. So who is behind this sentence? 
the stone of stumbling or stumbling stone and the rock of offense. But at the same time, the sanctuary. Well, there is only one answer to this. And this is Jesus himself. So God really wanted to dwell among his people and he chose himself. And he did not choose the temple. But he he chose something different. And let me read a few verses from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. And the world became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was or existed before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So how do you think God really wanted to dwell among his people? Not in the form of a temple, not in the form of a service or sacrifices. According according to Hebrews chapter 10, God did not like that. So Jesus took upon himself the human form. And the Bible says the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us, says John. And I think this is the most beautiful part of the whole sanctuary service. That Jesus, in his body, brought the temple to this world. And God really dwelt among us in the person of Jesus. Whenever we read the Bible, either the Old or the New Testament, we need to remember this. That this was the greatest gift God could give us. That one person of the Trinity would become flesh, would dwell among us, and he would show truth, but grace. And I think this is the most beautiful part of the New Testament. And I just want to wish all the blessing of God as we study the sanctuary service. Amen.